When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. wrestling and you have brought it right here the ken reedy show the best in pro wrestling talk we're going to address the hulk hogan rumors going around right now as well as all the other stuff going on in professional wrestling lots of news coming out of tna and of course we got raw tonight hell in a cell last night lots to talk about so thank you for tuning in 347-838-9815 is the number to call if you want to talk some pro wrestling check us out on facebook Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We're on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show as our handle on Twitter. And you can go over to TheKenReedyShow.com. We got blogs and other great stuff over there on TheKenReedyShow.com. So be sure to go and check that out as well. Lots of cool stuff going on right here with The Ken Reedy Show. Just to let you guys know, um, we expect some big changes coming down the road a bit. Good changes, great changes for the show. Uh, expanding some things, uh, perhaps bringing some new talent on board and having a couple of different shows, almost trying to set up a, a bit of our own uh, radio station, so to speak, like an Internet station. So uh, 
we got that coming down the pike, so we're going to be trying some new things out over the next few months, and hopefully uh, we'll bring some new and exciting, entertaining shows uh, your way. And just let you guys know, we're going to try a show out next week. Uh, we're going to go next Tuesday. Uh, let's check and see um, you know, what time. We're probably going to go about 10.30 next Tuesday night, but we'll, we'll pin down an exact time over the course of this week. But it's going to be... a a show dedicated to pop culture, everything to do with pop culture, different from pro wrestling, mu- movies, music, TV, all the other good stuff. So be sure to check out our new uh, pop culture show that will be airing next week at 1030 on Tuesday evening. And as the weeks and months go on, hopefully we'll be adding more new and interesting stuff because uh, we're looking to bring this uh, to a whole new level uh, over the next few months so uh, excited about that but tonight tonight it's all about the pro wrestling it's all about hell in a cell tna monday night raw hulk hogan rumors all this stuff going on right now as always on the line my tag team partner helped me sort everything out dave how you doing this evening tag me in i, just, I got some sorting to do <laughs> You know, it's funny, man. I'm going to see how we do with this show. i got 90 minutes to get through, but uh, my band had, had a gig on Friday night. Uh, Saturday night, as, as to be the, the good person, uh, went out and uh, saw a band play. They came to see us play, went to see them play. And uh, yesterday I uh, was out actually watching the pay-per-view, so that was exciting. I usually don't go out, but we went out to watch it. So I uh, was cheering a little bit, getting into it with the crowd. So I have little to no voice tonight, but... I'm going to fight my way through this show. We're going to make it. So apologies if, you, if I'm sounding a little raspy, but uh, I'm going to make my way through this show. But lots of stuff to talk about. And I guess, you know, as much as we're coming out of Hell in a Cell last night, lots of stuff to talk about with that. But um, the biggest news in the landscape of pro wrestling right now is got to be that the rumors, the rumblings, all the dirt sheets are reporting it. It, it, it's it's exciting, it's it's nerve-wracking what's going on here, but it appears as if TNA is, is on the market. TNA is up for sale, the Carter family wants out. Uh, interesting stuff, uh, there's a lot of candidates uh, swirling about, a lot of rumors, and of course, when something like this breaks, uh, the rumor mill is going to, you know, basically go batshit crazy. I mean, you're going to have Every name on the planet bantied about as far as the rumors of who may purchase uh, TNA. But that is huge news right now. Obviously, it's a distant second, but you've got to count TNA as the second biggest rec- uh, wrestling company uh, in America. And we're looking at this company possibly being sold. What are you hearing right now, Dave, on this story? Well, I'm hearing that the... Uh you know, like you said, the Carter family wants out. They don't feel like they're getting a return on their investment. Um, as far as the names of the ru- you know, that, that are rumored to be interested in purchasing the company, um, first name that comes to mind is Eric Bischoff. Um, Eric Bischoff, who has been rumored to have left the company, apparently is a name that's being talked about to purchase the company. Um, he wasn't present at the TV tapings last week or at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view, and a lot of people had stated that they thought with his absence and coincidentally with Hulk Hogan's absence earlier this month that Eric Bischoff would be gone. Um, now it's being stated that he is working from home. Um, and 
Bischoff is working from home due to the fact that this 24-7 all-access programming that TNA is doing between social media, um, their website, and as well as Impact Wrestling, their television show, was something that both Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan were against when they first came into TNA. So a rumor that I've heard is that he was sent home and is working from home and doesn't have as much involvement in the creative process and, the, and producing um, the content that TNA is putting out. But he's involved some way, but not as hands-on as he was before. But I also hear he is rumored to be purchasing the company. Another name that comes to mind who has been relevant, again, in the realm of TNA is one Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was the founder of the company. Him and his father started TNA Wrestling. Um, and back, you know, something a lot of people don't know, back in the summer of 2002 when the company first started, um, they were running on a shoestring budget. Jarrett was trying to do everything he could to be an alternative to the WWE at the time because the WWE was just a year removed from wiping out the wrestling landscape, meaning the only game in town. And Jarrett was on such a shoestring budget that he almost lost the company. And that's how Dixie Carter and... Panda Energy and the Carter family got involved and bought a large majority of stock of TNA. Um, Jarrett has now been back on the scene in some way since Hogan and Bischoff have kind of faded to the back and Hogan virtually gone from the company right now. Jarrett has worked as an agent producing some segments, working with some talent on some matches. He's not just working out of Nashville anymore, dealing with the business side of TNA. Um, Jarrett, would probably want more con Jarrett would probably want more control and get his baby back because he started it all. Uh, there's there's you no know, urban myths and stories that I could reveal about Jeff Jarrett and his status with TNA. Um, it was back a few years ago. Jarrett was forced to sell the remaining majority of his stock that he had owned um, due to a potential lawsuit that could have taken place that involved his now wife, Karen Angle, and Kurt Angle, um, the ex-wife. I've heard lots of different stories um, that, you know, sexual harassment might have been involved, and that's why Jarrett was kind of pushed off to the side and out of the mix as far as management goes. But he's still been involved in the company in some shape or uh, form or fashion. And I think um, if he were to buy it, he would get his, like I said, he would get his baby back, and he would get control of it again. And when Jarrett was controlling it, also – Another guy who was alongside him that helped write the television and the storylines for TNA was WWE Seb Coulter, who was more importantly known as Dutch Mantel. Um, they they had you know compelling television and storylines before they made it even huge on Spike TV. So Jarrett would probably love to get back involved in Viacom. Viacom owns Spike TV, and Spike TV has funded a lot of TNA projects, funding them getting on the road, funding paying Hogan and Bischoff and Kurt Angle and Sting and a lot of big names have worked in TNA. And Impact Wrestling is one of the highest-rated shows on Spike TV's network. So Viacom owning Spike TV, it, they got the money for it if they wanted to dump money into making TNA a better product. I just think if they were to buy it, they would have to trust a wrestling mind to run that company, kind of like what happened with WCW. WCW had a lot of guys that were running that company that didn't have any wrestling experience. One worked in accounting for Turner Broadcasting. Somebody else worked in advertising and sales that ran the company at one point. They, they, I think they even had a janitor running that company at one point. But anyhow, Viacom's another name. And, of course, 
the final name on that list, the WWE. I think the WWE is least likely to buy it. And the only reason why I say that is because I don't think TNA has put a big enough dent in the wrestling landscape. I think when Vince McMahon bought WCW over 10 or 11 years ago, WCW was a, a manufactured brand name. It was, it was well established. And he, there was a lot of history, especially with the video library that they had and the, and the name and the brand name itself and the trademarks with the NWO, the New World Order, and all the other things that came along with that. And that was worth something to Vince. I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough that TNA has established that Vince would want. And I don't think that the WWE, quite frankly, is interested in it just yet. Like I said, I don't think they put a big enough dent in the wrestling landscape. To make a long story short, it's very interesting that this is all taking place now. A lot of cuts have been made. Um, as recently as a month ago, rumors were swirling that Bob Carter, Dixie's father, had stepped away and resigned as the CEO of Panda Energy, the parent company of TNA Wrestling. And Bob's wife, I forget her name, but she was the one that was helping Dixie um, with the accounting and running the books. And I think that's why we saw a lot of releases over the summer, because they're just paying too much talent and not getting, uh, you know, and paying too much to produce this company and to produce their television show and not getting enough in return. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a financial expert. I don't know what would be best for business. I hate to use that term because it's been used so much. But, um, I mean, I think the most logical outcome, maybe if Viacom bought it and then they had Jeff Jarrett run it. They paid Jarrett to, like, Jarrett was like the CEO of TNA Wrestling. Not necessarily an owner, but they let a wrestling mind run it. I mean, they've dumped money into that company before. Like I said, I've, I've made, you know, examples of that before, but I, I think that would be the best option for them. I don't think, I think Dixie thought it was a good idea. I don't know, you know, I'm not a business person. I, you know, like I said, I'm terrible at math, but I just don't think that the, the numbers are working for any of them. They're, they're not making any money. I mean, we've seen pictures of what they drew at Bound for Glory. They barely drew 3,000 people. Their television tapings, they, they don't draw. I mean, there's, there's not enough money to, 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 to get that company to, to, to reach bigger heights than they already are. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I think it would be best if the Carter family just walked away and they sold it to somebody and they got something back from it and just be the end of it. But still keep TNA around. Like I said, Spike TV loves them. They do, they do great things with them. Let, let, let Viacom buy it and then let a wrestling mind run it. Maybe a Jeff Jarrett. Maybe an Eric Bischoff. Who knows? But I don't think it's, I don't think it's got the potential to be dead in the water just yet. I think, I think it can be saved if the right people and the right resources are handling it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And, and we've talked about it before on the show, you know, what TNA has. And I think you hit, actually hit the nail on the head that uh, I, I, the biggest issue in TNA may just be who's in charge of, uh, their publicity and advertising because they, you know it's it just doesn't seem like the word gets out that TNA even exists. What TNA has going for it is quality workers, quality wrestling, um, which you would think is is the cornerstone for for a wrestling company. You know they have great workers, they put on great matches, um, so they have that going for them. So I agree with you, Dave. I don't see this company. As a company that's dead in the water, it just needs to kind of, you know, be steered in, in the right direction. And, uh, you know, at times it, it's like hit or miss with TNA, and, and I don't want to get into, 
you know, ripping TNA because sometimes they do hit the nail on the head with uh, some good stuff. But it's the storytelling has been inconsistent to say the least. Um, but they deliver generally on the wrestling. So you know, hopefully it all works out. Uh, you know, as a wrestling fan, you know, I, I don't want to see them go out of business. I, I want to see. Uh, them flourish. Uh, we we both Dave and I have the same stance when it comes to TNA. I mean, we want TNA to scare Vince. We would love for TNA to get big enough to scare Vince because competition is good for the fans. You know, the bigger TNA gets, the, the better it is for a wrestling fans. So, you know, hopefully it all works out. And and if they 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 sell that the right the right people sell it and. Like you said, if a, a, a business, if it's someone even that's not listed right now, um, whether it's Viacom or maybe some other other entity, um, we hope that a wrestling mind is is behind the scenes uh, pulling the strings. But hopefully, you know, it all works out for TNA. I, I I'd like to see this this uh, company flourish. Um, and you bring up good points about WWE. I mean, you would think as far as TNA goes, you know. There's some talent that the WWE can use uh, if they bought TNA. Um, you know, they could put together some very comprehensive uh, DVD sets of Sting, of uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, there's already been a few, but, you know, you can have Hulk Hogan's stretch in TNA, have another Hogan DVD. But, yeah, I mean, is, is, the, is there enough there? for it to be worth the money that Vince would have to pay for that company. I mean, aside from the DVD sales, the, the DVD, uh, the DVDs he can make, um, you know, I don't know if, if there are many real needle movers as far as bringing talent over to the WWE. So it remains to be seen, but definitely as far as uh, something behind the scenes, um, this is an exciting topic and we'll see what happens. Uh, in reference to this, another thing that's exciting coming out of TNA, but actually coming out of TNA, is uh, you heard the music at the top of the show, Hulk Hogan. Uh, rumors swirling um, where he's going to wind up, uh, WWE, TNA. It seemed like when we we're heading into Bound for Glory that uh, the rumors were swirling that he was probably going to be back with TNA. Um, that has not happened. Lots of rumors swirling about him uh having a, a role in some way, shape, or form at WrestleMania. Um, interesting stuff. I mean, for me, Dave, you know, when I look at Hulk Hogan, you know, and we talk a lot, you know, last time we talked about Hulk Hogan, we talked, you know, what should Hulk Hogan do? What What is best for Hulk Hogan? You know, Hulk Hogan, you know, should he go back to TNA? Should he, you know, we kind of referenced that that whole talking point was really referenced and predicated on, you know, what Hulk Hogan should do. Um, the interesting thing now is, you know, when I look at TNA and we look at all the cost-cutting measures and now they're possibly selling, is Hulk Hogan worth it for TNA? At this point, look, they missed their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Hogan was not at Bound for Glory. He's been fired. So, number one, creatively speaking, you have to come up with a new role for him. Um, obviously, as long as they're going with this Dixie storyline – Dixie's not going to all of a sudden rehire him as the GM. Who knows what the writing there, but let's just say there's no, like, they wouldn't all of a sudden rehire him. So, you know, how does he come back in the fold? Is he, is he a wrestler's manager? Um, he's obviously not going to come back as a worker. Um, so 
the cost of bringing a Hogan back to TNA, is it worth it for TNA as opposed to what you could get out of Hulk Hogan being a part of WrestleMania 30, um, you know, perhaps uh, signing a licensing deal or a Legends deal where, you know, the WWE now definitively owns Hulkamania. You know, it does seem like as far as where Hulk Hogan is worth more, he's probably worth more to the WWE um, than TNA at this moment in time. So arguably the most iconic figure in the history of pro wrestling Floating out there for maybe one last run, dare I say, one last match. But it's going to be fun speculating between now and WrestleMania 30 where exactly we're going to see Hulk Hogan, Dave. Well, it's been fun speculating since, you know, this news broke at the beginning of the month that he still hadn't signed a contract. Um, What I find interesting about all of this is that... you know, with the with the potential sale and the cost cutting measures, and you know Hogan's whereabouts of where his where his loyalties lie, whether he's going to go back to the WWE for a short term period of time for WrestleMania, or if he's going to stick with TNA. The most interesting aspect of this whole thing is, for me at least, is that as a fan. You know, the 30th WrestleMania, the, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I want him there. Bottom line, a selfish wrestling fan of me wants him there. The 30th WrestleMania, the biggest anniversary for the WWE, the show that put that company on the map, the, you know, the event that put that company out there. Hogan was part of the first main event. He could be a part of the 30th edition of WrestleMania. doesn't have to wrestle for me. He can come out and pose and get 75,000 people on their feet and <clears throat> make this 31-year-old guy feel like he's eight years old again. Excuse me, now I'm getting hoarse. But... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, brother. Honest to God, it's it. That's the biggest thing for me, at least as a fan. But doing this show and being, you know, a, a reporter and 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 reporting the news, what I find most interesting is that TNA is they're not sure what they want to do. They want to sign him, but they want to save money. But they know he's going to come with a price, but they don't want to pay that money. Like, it, I'm not trying to bash them, but you got to figure out. You got to make up your mind somehow. I think that they got to stop you. Like I said before, then you can worry about being TNA now. Don't worry about being somebody else. And I think that they're worried about trying to get eyeballs immediately onto the television screen and get some name recognition on their show so they can get people to watch their show. I think it's past their time to have Hogan. Bottom line, they had Hogan in a public relations standpoint. Going out and promoting their their brand and making occasional TV appearances at X amount of price, something lower than what he was making working with TNA, then it would make sense for them. But Hulk Hogan's the kind of guy that can't not be involved in the product. In the product, bottom line, he can have some involvement in that with Vince at a higher price and still do all the other stuff that Vince would want him to do, like promote the show, like go to, to an autograph signing for on sale tickets, like make an appearance at Make a Wish or something. Hogan could do all that, and Hogan would make more money doing it i don't think it's worth it for tna bottom line i do not think it's worth it and personally i think hogan knows where his bread is buttered going back to the company that made him for a run for wrestlemania i wouldn't want to see him wrestle i'd love to see him either be a referee stand in somebody's corner you know induct somebody in the hall of fame i've said this a million times hulk hogan back in the wwe is what's best for business I hate to use that term because it gets used so much, but it's the truth. It's the God's the honest truth. It, 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 30 years ago, you know, WrestleMania was born, and Hulk Hogan was at the forefront of that, and he helped not only put wrestling on the map, 
with Vince McMahon, but he made WrestleMania a brand name bigger than any other wrestler on the planet. And having him at the 30th one only makes sense. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one and not have the other. Sorry, it just doesn't work that way. No, I agree with you. I mean, you know, even just being at, when I was at WrestleMania 25, there's just part of it that, like, you know, Hulk Hogan just should be a part of it. And and you're right. I mean, bringing him back to the WWE, I mean, it's one of those things that it's great. You know, TNA has Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's a very recognizable name. But all of Hulk Hogan's history is is outside of TNA. So, you know, wrestling fans may know, but even when they, you know, TNA does a, a, a video tribute or whatever, they don't have the licensing to show, like, all the great moments in Hulk Hogan's career. You know, it, it just to, it would be great to see him at 30, any sort of involvement uh, they want to put him in. I agree with you. I, you know, it's funny because you kind of go back and forth as a fan. Like, there's, there's the logical, you know, talk show host conversing, dissecting pro wrestling that says, you know, yes, I don't, Hogan's gone. I don't want him in a, in a match. I, I, you know, he, he should be in, in someone's corner or, or hosting something or a ref or something because I, I don't want to see him wrestling again. And then there's part of me that's like, man, I could be at WrestleMania and see a Hulk Hogan match. It's obviously not going to be his best match, but... Like you're saying, peanut butter and jelly to be at WrestleMania and see a Hogan match. So I mean, it's like it, again that whole like you're saying, like all of a sudden you become eight years old again. Um, you know, it would just be great to see him back there. And, and you know, I, I everything that you said, I mean, just hit the nail on the head. I mean, he he would be such an ambassador for pro wrestling uh, for the WWE. Uh, you know, the personal appearances he could make, uh, the things he could hype for the show. Uh, for for the WWE and it just it, it just makes sense it, it's you know it, it's time I get it look Hulk Hogan at, at the time when he joined up with TNA you know had he wanted to be on TV on a weekly basis he wanted to do this he wanted to play this part I get all that you know and maybe for him like what the WWE was offering wasn't wasn't what he wanted so he went with TNA you know that's I'm not going to begrudge anybody what they, you know, want to do with, with their life. But, you know, at this point, I just think that, that the TNA Hulk Hogan uh, has run its course. We had the uh, the heel turn and the pseudo NWO wannabe uh, immortal group. We finally had the redemption of Hulk Hogan. And, and that, was, that was a great moment, uh, Hogan versus Sting in the street fight uh, when – when Her- Hogan turned face again, um, you know, and it's amazing what I've always loved about Hogan. Like Hogan could hardly move in that street fight, and, and the roof blew off the place when when he ripped that shirt off. So, you know, he still has the charisma. He's still Hulk Hogan, but you know, I think the grand TNA Hulk Hogan experiment has run its course, and uh, I'm hoping that we see him at WrestleMania 30 in in some capacity. And uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's going to be crazy, Dave. You know going through, like, the next few months as long as, uh, you know, we don't hear a definitive yes or no or, you know, the the ink is dry, uh, there's going to be continued speculation. I mean, the the buzz on the Internet, there was a picture of Hogan holding the WWE title with a very pensive look on his face, and that got a ton of attention on the Internet. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the another thing too was the interview that he put out a couple of weeks ago, where he had stated that he bumped into Triple H, and Triple H said, "When you got that itch to come home, you let me know. You'll be you're always welcome back. Your family, and I mean that that that's got people. I mean, they want him back. They know that they can make money off of him. They know that he can draw money. They know that they can take a newer audience and and introduce them to." You know, uh, the, the the version of John Cena, but 25, 30 years beforehand. You know what I mean? Like, the, the younger generation can see what got WWE to the point that they're at today, and that's Hulk Hogan. You know, John Cena is this day's version of Hulk Hogan, but people boo him. Okay, that's the only difference. And in my news, there will be an article of, that I'll be discussing um, regarding why I feel the TNA doesn't want Hogan back now, and why I think it's more likely we will see Hogan at WrestleMania 30 in some capacity. And you'll hear that later on tonight on the Day 5 News Report, only heard here at the Ken Reedy Show. I like the way you work that plug in. You, you know what? In the business, we call that a segway. <laughs> and there you have it. That, that was That was good. So... We're going to go right to it now. You only hear it here, as Dave said. Let's take it away, Dave. The 50-50 Dave 5 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. If I can only get my notes up. No, I got them right here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the Dave 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show, every Monday night at the top of the hour. ProWrestlingInsider.com reports the Intercontinental Champion Curtis Axel was kept off the WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view kickoff match due to an injury. Some reports suggest that he blew out both of his hips. There has been no confirmation on those reports suggesting that. However, it's being said he reportedly suffered a hip flexor injury on Raw while in the ring with one Big E Langston. Several people in the locker room are said to be upset and down about the injury as Axel is seen as a popular guy due to his team player mentality and willing to do just about anything for the company. Well, if you've got to play second fiddle to uh, the talentless Ryback, I guess that is, you know, being a team player. There's currently no word on how long he will be out or the status of the Intercontinental Championship. You might have to tune into Monday Night Raw tonight, only on the USA Network, to find that out. I'm plugging other people's networks. That's how good I am. <laughs> Former NFL player and San Diego Charger, Sean Merriman, visited the WWE Performance Training Center recently. A picture posted by him on Twitter showed bruises from him running the ropes. After that tweet was sent out, rumors began to stir that Merriman was WWE-bound. TMZ.com reports that Triple H invited him to check out the facility and have some fun. No offer was made to him regarding a contract, but officials enjoyed his visit, according to several sources. Now, here's what I was talking about in that segue. In our third story, Hulk Hogan superfan George Antoon, I hope I pronounced this right, flew in for last weekend's Bound for Glory pay-per-view in San Diego, California, from Australia to enjoy some good old-fashioned professional wrestling. But what he got was an unpleasant and uncomfortable experience from TNA staff. Antoon, who was dressed as Hulk Hogan, he's even gone to events for decades emulating his favorite wrestling icon, when TNA staff 
pestered him to remove his Hulk shirt because he was in direct sight of the hard camera, sitting front row, as a matter of fact. He was even asked to remove a sign that referenced Hogan, to which he refused. He sent out multiple tweets during the show indicating TNA staff badgering him the entire show regarding his attire and sign. Throughout this whole ordeal, Antoon refused, sticking to his guns until finally TNA management backed off during the last match. Needless to say, it looks like TNA has lost another fan. In our fourth story, somebody's going back to school, that being... WWE SmackDown General Manager Vicky Guerrero, as she revealed recently that she is studying, taking online courses at Herzing University for a degree in medical administration. Vicky tweeted, ready to persevere and dedicate myself to completing my degree. First day of school, let's do this, Herzing U. And in our final story this evening, David Benoit, son of a particular wrestler we will not mention because you probably know who I'm referring to, is reportedly training to become a professional wrestler. He started lifting weights, and word is he has been doing some training with Harry Smith, hashtag live in the now, former WWE superstar and son of the late British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith. Apparently, David had reached out to Chris Jericho after the tragic events in June of 2007, asking if he would still be able to attend wrestling events along with him. Pictures have surfaced recently of David with Chris Jericho at WWE-related events. Folks, Wrestling on Fire, check it out at WrestlingOnFire.com for all the episodes. Our own Ken Reedy calls all the action with Ray Ray Mars, WrestlingOnFire.com. The Gun Show, Season 9, it gets crazier and crazier every episode. You got El Rotundo, Genioso, you got Steve Off, you got Bob Arian sometimes when he feels like showing up if he's not saving the world. And you might even see a Mike Ferrara sighting, especially after last week's phone call when he was playing Call of Duty with all his buddies from kindergarten class. Check it out, YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. And Ken's Cards and Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Berlin, Connecticut. The best in NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and professional wrestling memorabilia. He buys, sells, and trades. Go to Facebook to like Ken's Cards Collectibles. And there you have it, my friends. I'm out of breath because that was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard here at the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Thanks. Good stuff. Good, good informative news. <laughs> TNA's kicking out Hulk Hogan fans. That that's no good. That's just no good. Um, but we got a lot to talk about here. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And uh, you know, I guess uh, you know a lot of TNA talk to start off the show. But we are in a post Hell in a Cell pre Monday Night Raw kind of mood tonight. So lots of stuff going on in the WWE. Crazy stuff going on uh, at Hell in a Cell. Uh, we finally have a definitive WWE champion. Quite a night last night, Dave. Yeah, it was uh, it was a solid pay per view. I enjoyed. Uh, it was definitely better than Battleground. I will say that. Um, and before I get into, you know, talking about the pay per view and you know the good, I might as well address the bad because a lot of people out there on the internet have been discussing the bad of this pay per view. So. We informed all of you here at the Ken Reedy Show that we had a new segment. We called it a little R&R, and it didn't stand for rest and relaxation. It stands for either a Reedy rant or a Rosen rant. Well, now, folks, it's my turn. 
For all you people out there on the Internet, for years and years and years, you complain that your favorites don't get the opportunity and the spotlight at the top spots. You complain that Daniel Bryan's the best and he's not getting what he deserves. CM Punk, of course, God forbid, if CM Punk's not in the main event, anarchy takes place. You guys can take a dump in the ring and you guys would think it's the best thing in the world. Personally, in my opinion, at WrestleMania, Rock and John Cena stole the show, but all of you would hang me right in the middle of Tenement Square if you could, saying that... CM Punk and Undertaker was the best match at WrestleMania. But needless to say, you talk about how storylines aren't built properly and and people are hot-shotting angles. Well, let's face it. Daniel Bryan has been in the top spot since, I would say, probably after WrestleMania, after his split with Kane. And he's been solidly in more segments than John Cena, who you have another reason to complain about, but that will be saved for another rant for another time. And we'll get into him Later on in tonight's show, sorry guys, that's when you can change the, the clicker on the on the on the dial. We're not even on TV; we're on the radio. You can turn off the computer if you want to. I'm getting so fired up here. Anyhow, you guys are upset and you complain so much about how these guys aren't your favorites aren't in the top spots. Okay, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are probably one and two as far as baby faces go. Daniel Bryan has main evented. I don't know how many, four, five, six pay-per-views this year in the WWE, yet you complain that you didn't get what you wanted because he didn't win the belt last night, or he didn't win the belt the month before, or he won the belt the month before that, but then he lost it again. He's in a top storyline. Okay, do you remember that storyline where Steve Austin lost the title because Vince McMahon screwed him, and for five months Vince McMahon put him through all this hell until he got to WrestleMania, and then the big payoff was they won the title? Like, that, that's called building a storyline. You're getting that with Daniel Bryan. I'm pretty sure, in my opinion, that Daniel Bryan's probably going to win the Royal Rumble and then go on to WrestleMania and, and get a big payoff, whether it's the title or whether it's beating Triple H. So, for all you wrestling fans out there talk about how you want, you know, storylines being built and well drawn out, and these people should go over, and these people in the top spots, you morons, you're getting it right in front of you. You guys just want instant gratification. That's all you care about. You need it now. And if you don't have it now, then all of a sudden the show sucks. The show is so terrible. I'll tell you when the show sucks, okay? You listen to us every Monday night. We'll tell you if it sucks or if it's great. You guys don't. You, 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 it's just... Oh, it just drives me nuts with wrestling fans. You can't sit there and enjoy the show. you got to nitpick everything. Oh, this guy's elbow pad's on too tight. Or this one came out wearing the wrong boot. You know, you guys got to nitpick everything. There's, there's no point. You might as well just watch the show blindfolded because you know what? You know it all anyways, and you're going to find something to complain about even if you were blind. End of rant. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, So what do you think of the pay-per-view? <laughs> You want the truth? <laughs> no, it was a solid show. It, it was a solid show. I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was better than Battleground. I thought Battleground felt like a really good Monday Night Raw, and I thought this pay-per-view was solid. I, I mean, they had some star power going into it. I, I enjoyed the um, – I enjoyed. The, I mean, the tag title match stole the show. I thought it was awesome. I thought the suplex spot one from Cody was great, and I think that whole match, especially – those final sequences with Cody was designed to help get Cody up and build him up even more. And I think that will eventually lead to when they do decide to split him and his brother Goldust, that Cody is looked at as a big deal too, going into their potential showdown, possibly at WrestleMania 30. But the action was great. The th- I'd love to see these three teams go at it again. But I think they're moving in towards a different direction with um, Cody and Goldust. 
and uh, they might move them over towards the Usos. I don't know if the Usos are going to turn heel, but I think you might see um, the Usos a little bit edgier, not so friendly, uh, moving forward with Cody and Goldust. I don't know where the Shield goes, but they'll always be involved somewhere, and I'll probably have a rant about them next month or the following month after that because people are going to complain that they don't have the belts, but they've been holding them for five months. But anyhow, great match nonetheless. I could have cared less for the mixed tag match. The Diva match was eh, it was all right. I mean, it, they told some good stories with Bree and Nikki, and it was okay. Um, I mean, can't, can't forget mentioning Antonio Cesaro and his swing. I mean, it, it, pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, I would love to have seen him swing the bowl, but it didn't happen. Maybe it'll happen someday. If he swings somebody and eliminates them that way from the Royal Rumble match, then he's my favorite wrestler of all time. But um, the main event, was, I mean, Punk and Ryback to me was boring. I think that was boring. I didn't really care for it. I thought it was genius that Heyman used that, like, scaffolding structure to rise up and stay on top of the cell. But I just thought it was a a very boring match. And to me, I think there still could be more done between Punk and Heyman. But it looks like last night they closed that that one up, and we might see Heyman gone for a little while. Um, There have been rumors that WWE officials were pretty upset with Ryback lately due to um, his attitude to media appearances. He's not progressing well. Well, and there was a rumor that they might get take him and Heyman and split them up. We might have seen that last night, to be honest with you. Uh, main event, it was good. It was a normal Daniel, you know, you and I talked about in the pre-show, it was a normal Daniel Bryan-Randy Orton match. Um, you know, adding Michaels made it, you know, a little bit bigger, but it seemed like they were just starting to get things going. They were getting over the hump just a little bit, and then they rushed right to the finish. And as far as the finish goes, I said this before, um, you know, in my rant, I do believe that it was it was right for for at least Brian not to win the title because it's just another obstacle that he's going to have to climb over even further. But eventually he'll get there. Um, with Shawn Michaels screwing him over, I don't know. See, that's the thing that kind of flustered me was, you know, Michaels has been known to be getting involved in matches when he's a referee, and you know he just kind of had a rock and a hard place with Brian and Triple H. Triple H being his best friend, Brian being, you know, the guy that he trained, and Triple H and Brian, you know, hating each other. Um, but if you watch the match, and he called it down the middle for the most part until, the, you know, the finish at the end, but it, it can't be as simple. Him super kicking Brian, costing him the title, can't be as simple as, well, Triple H is my best friend, and you attack my best friend, so I'm not going to let that happen. It almost seems, I mean, if you saw Michaels make the count, he was flustered, he didn't look too happy, and he walked out of the match immediately. He didn't even raise Orton's hand. Um, so it seems like to me that there's more to this. I think Michael, I think Michaels is confirmed for tonight's Raw to, to have an explanation for this um, as to why he did it. It almost seems like to me Hunter's maybe holding something over his head, like, you know, you had to do this because of this. And I don't know. There, I think there's going to get there's going to be some questions answered tonight, or at least something's going to be brought up to lead you to the to, to the answers to the question as to why he screwed Daniel Bryan. Um, but I don't know. I just it, it was a solid show. I can't say it was good. I can't say it was great. Seen the Del Rio, not bad. Could have been better, but it was. Uh, you know, I would like to have seen Cena maybe chase the belt a little bit. But I understand they were trying to go for that feel good moment, considering the finish of the main event. Um, yeah, overall nothing too spectacular, but it was still yeah, good. It was definitely better than Battleground. Yeah, uh, I mean, if they were worse in Battleground, that would have been that would have been really bad. Um, yeah, and it was a weird pay-per-view for me because, you know, it's, it's funny how 
we talked about Bound for Glory and how uh, the, the first match, the, the uh, Ultimate X match, kind of set the tone in a bad way because it was disappointing. Um, I almost felt like last night uh, the exact opposite happened. And, you know, I guess that's what us fans do. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, it, I can't remember. Like, I'd have to really go back and think about, you know, the last time I could even remember an opening match at a pay-per-view stealing the show. And that was by far the match of the night. I thought that was a tremendous matchup. Uh, very entertaining. Lots of great spots. Um, really enjoyed that match. So it was tough for anybody to come back after after that match, to, to follow that match. I just thought it was incredible. Um, one thing i got to give kudos to the WWE with, that they started last pay-per-view, but I really wasn't crazy about Battleground. And I don't think we talked about it here, but their new, uh, their new super slow-mo. Uh, those super slow-mo replays are really cool. And when you actually see, like, a, a real impact and you see, like, the uh, the skin and the muscle kind of rippling as as they get hit, I, really cool stuff. So I'm enjoying those replays that they've brought into the fold. But that being said, um, you know, some of the matches were, were clunkers. I mean, the, the mixed tag match, I really, you know, I, I, I didn't need. And, and I, I, I honestly, look, Guy needs to make a living. I don't begrudge him that. But when Kali comes out, I get sad. Kali makes me sad because he just looks like he just can't even walk anymore. Um, My girlfriend says the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, I find it, honestly, I find it depressing. Like, he looks pained just standing there. And, and uh, you know, I mean, he's making a living. Good for him. But, uh, you know, that match wasn't very good. Uh, the one match that, that struck me, um, and I'm looking for big things down the road a piece, was Ambrose and, and Biggie Langston. Um, it's a rarity to see a guy the size of a Biggie Langston to be able to move with the quickness and agility that he can move with. And uh, I was impressed, really. I, I just felt like the, the match last night really showed how quick this guy could be in the ring. Um I'm expecting big things out of this guy in the, the not-too-distant future uh, going forward. Uh, so I really enjoyed that match. I agree with you. I think the, the WWE Championship match, it was, it was Orton, Daniel Bryan. Um, nothing spectacular, but those two guys work well together. So it was a good match, but it wasn't you know, much different than what we've seen over the past few months. Um, and I agree with you on your rant. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan, he doesn't have the title, but he's still the most popular guy uh, in the company. He's still, you know, top of the heap. Uh, when I look at those two guys, I think it's, you know, one of the things that's important right now, you know, Daniel Bryan is, is riding uh, a wave of popularity that, you know, most wrestlers can only dream of. Um, you know, he is one of those guys that right now in 2013 – uh, you can dissect the wrestling fan landscape, whether you want to go kids, older people, male, female, whatever the case, dissect all demographics. He's over with all of them. And, and that's kind of rare, especially uh, nowadays. Um, he doesn't need the belt. I, I think Orton does. And as you, you want to build up as many people as possible, I think this is good for Orton. Um, and I do think a lot of people look at, you know, this thing like in, in a vacuum and they just, you know, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Daniel, Daniel Bryan must get Daniel Bryan. But the, there's a company and there's storylines to be told and there's other talent. And right now I think Randy Orton needs the belt. And, uh, 
Daniel Bryan doesn't. And, you know, let's let's all just, like, calm down for a second, relax, and let's just see where everything goes. I mean, when it comes to wrestling, you got something that, that runs 52 weeks a year, has to maintain storylines, they can't blow their load early. I mean, let's again, let's remember that everyone who is all bent out of shape about tonight, if this leads up to the main event at WrestleMania being CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan, everyone's going to be thrilled. So let's let's not get all like bent out of shape just yet. I, I do sincerely believe that Daniel Bryan is going to get his run uh, as the WWE champ. Um, but I like this. I like when uh, Dr. Reese was on our show and he said, you know, Daniel Bryan plays the, the hard luck kid um, very well. And, and or the or the hard yeah, no, the hard luck kid, that was it. The hard luck kid. And I I think that's a that's a brilliant statement. Like he does and, and the more he gets screwed over, the more rabid fans are getting behind him. So I I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing for him. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out over the next few months. Um but I do believe that we're gonna get a title run from Daniel Bryan. Um I'm looking for him to perhaps be pulled out of the title picture for a little while. Uh, maybe he winds up winning the Royal Rumble. Now, who knows? I mean, when you're looking at CM Punk, perhaps his program is done with Heyman. Um, does he decide he's going to pursue the WWE title? Does he have the WWE title for a run? And Daniel Bryan wins the Rumble, and then you know he sets up that, that match for WrestleMania? Who knows? And that's kind of what I like about what happened last night, is that it, it's got me speculating on how the next few months could play itself out. I think it's important to note also that we talked about this with Bound for Glory, that it does seem like wrestling has moved into a a time period, an era, where TV is more important than pay-per-views. And whereas, you know, the pay-per-view may have been good, you know, not great, good, average, if you want to even say subpar, but it's got me as a fan looking forward to Raw. I'm curious about a lot of things. Coming out of last night, I'm curious what direction they're going to go in with, with the tag team titles. For the, for the first time in a long time, I'm actually very curious what's going to happen coming out of that match. Is the Shield going to move away from the tag titles? Or, you know, how is that going to play itself out? Very curious what they're going to do with Big E. Is Big E getting another shot at the U.S. title? Look at that. I'm curious about the U.S. title. Go figure. Um, do we get a Cena Del Rio rematch? You know, how is Cena doing physically? And everything surrounding the WWE title, whether what Shawn Michaels has to say, what Triple H's response is, is, is Michaels, are Michaels and Triple H uh, in cahoots together? Is Michaels upset with Triple H? As you said, Dave, is Triple H have something over Shawn Michaels? Has Triple H done the most egregious thing he could and stolen HBK's smile? We don't know. There's so many things that could be going on. Not to mention, a lot of people have stolen his smile. <laughs> does Daniel Bryan continue his pursuit to the, for the WWE title? Does the authority say, you know what, you've had your shot, you failed, now you've got to earn the number one contendership back, and, and he goes to the back of the line. And with all this going on, where does Big Show fit into the mix? So as much as, like, yes, the, the pay-per-view was good, not great, I'm not going to say it sucked, but yeah, I don't think it was a great pay-per-view. However, it did set up tonight, 
And there's a lot of different storylines that I'm really curious to see how they're going to play it out. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And you guys have been really patient on the phones while we've been ranting and raving about all things pro wrestling. We want to hear from you now. We're going to go right out to the phones. we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey, how you doing? All right, how are you? What do you got for us? Well, I think you pretty much said a lot of... Uh... Hell, I might be at a loss for words once. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I saw I saw the Hell in the Cell last night. It was uh, I think I do agree. I think the tag match was the uh, was by far the best part of the show. I love the uh, the, the spot where uh, Cody suplexed one of the Shield guys you know, off the top onto the uh, you know, to the floor to the other guys. That that was that was like a holy you know what spot. <laughs> I mean, that was also. You know, the camera work was great because when they set it up, I didn't realize that the rest of the guys were standing outside the ring. Me so when he had the camera on the other side of the ring, so when, when they started going down, I literally like was like, oh, my God. And then they cut over there, and you saw the other guy standing there. But it was still a holy-ass kind of moment and uh, definitely a very, very uh, exciting matchup. It definitely was, and like I say, it was, it, that that it definitely was the best pay per view opener in in I don't know, in probably like sixteen or seventeen years. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the show, I don't know. Like I say, I didn't think it was, you know, like, I'll kind of go like, I'll, I'll agree. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It definitely doesn't, you know, ha- didn't have the pay per view feel to it. I mean, no pay per view does it more, pretty much, because the role transitions to. I hate to say, but you know, it's like. You know, it's like okay, tune into Raw to see what finds out. After, you know, to see what happens after you kind of after you throw forty five or fifty five bucks down. It's like I don't know. You know, it's like uh, you it's know. So as far as the rest of the show, it's, it's a different. If it's a different era, you know, and and I agree with you. Like nowadays, and maybe it's time for like wrestling fans to to realize that you know when you're when you're shelling out your money for a pay per view, you know, it is. You know, it's a bigger event, and they'll they'll set up some bigger matches, but you're not going to get that special feel. I mean, ironically enough, to me, over the course of a year, the only pay-per-views, I mean, look, they could have great ones, but the only pay-per-views I really get that real special feel going into it is Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and to be honest, uh, Money in the Bank. Those are the pay-per-views that, you know, feel like something special is going to happen, but... The other ones are, are, you know, Sunday Night Raws. For the most part, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you have the Elimination Chamber too, where it's, I mean, that, I don't know, that seems to have sometimes could be a little, could have a little bit more of, of a paper feel to it. But I, you know, I, I, see, you know, I, I see what you're saying. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, the fact that SummerSlam and Survivor Series used to be two of the big four, or just, you know. You can even make your list there. It's just kind of pretty much says about what they're doing with the uh, with the pay per view uh, industry you know, or whatever you know the pay per views there. Uh, but um, you know, like I said, as far as the show last night, like I say, it was, you know, it was kind of it had its ups and downs. I thought the uh, you know, like I say, I love I like the tag match, the mixed tag. Uh, like like I say, you know, Macaulay was in, was in there with uh, Fandango the hell away. Uh, it was it was painful. Uh, Summer Ray and Natalia though actually actually looked pretty good um, in there. And uh, you know, um, getting to the you know even even the Divas match, the title match wasn't that bad. I thought you know I thought it was good. Um, it was you know a solid match, but you know like uh, 
Punk right back. Uh, I got to agree. You know, it, it it was you know Heyman cut a good promo on his way up the up the uh, old uh, the, yeah on the way up the cage with the WrestleMania with the old WrestleMania ring card it looked like whatever that was. They even mentioned it in the show. Um, but yeah, the Punk right back match really was uh, it, it was a very under if this was if this was the blow off. I mean that was kind of underwhelming. You know, I mean Punk you know. Uh, Caning Heyman on top, on top, and then you know laying him out. I, I was, you know, I, I was, um, I was all right with that. You know, it was just like you know, like Heyman standing on top of the cage the whole match. With just, you know, like some of it, you know, like I don't know, didn't make. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, the, ma- the match was kind of the punk, the punk Ryback match, and it was it was funny though that Ryback's ring positioning after Punk hit the GTS, he was near the ropes, and I was like sitting there like like to me the match barely. Had, had really gotten going. I was like, eh, you know, it's all right. But I, I expected it to go longer. And when he hit the GTS and he was close to the ropes, I'm like, all right, you know, he's just going to he's gonna reach out, grab the bottom rope, and, uh, you know, this match is going to continue. I, I was pretty shocked when when the three count happened. I was like, really? Like, that? that's that's it? Like, that that's all that happened? And those two have had better matches. So I... You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it was probably you know around what a, last year's Hell in the Cell. They were in a, they had the title match. Yeah, I mean, ten, twelve, thirteen minute match. I guess it, I don't know. It just felt like it it never really got going. So uh, that was you know honestly, as far as like expectation versus result, like look, there were worse matches on last night's card. But if you you if there's some sort of equation to put like you know, expectation uh, versus results, I, I think that match was probably the biggest disappointment last night. Uh, as far as the, as far as the matches go, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, with, as far as the, uh, the the top matches or whatever, you know, it's like the two cell matches. Um, I mean, you know, it's like with the, with the other matches, you know, what you were getting going in, you know, like the uh, mixed tag and the uh, and the uh, you know and the tag match with uh, the real Americans and the other characters. Uh, the main event, though, I gotta say, it was uh, match was good, but outcome was. I, I, I thought it was too a little too, too predictable. I mean, I totally called Shawn Michaels super kicking Daniel Bryan. You know, it was just like, and as to why, you know, it's like as to why they had him do that, and then it's like, it's like, is it going to be like the Triple H and Stephanie are going to be have something dangling over his head like they did with the Big Show? And I mean, if it is, I mean that's. You know that that's gonna get stale too. Where it's like, okay, yeah, everybody's got to turn on Daniel Bryan, and he's gonna have to fight the whole roster to get the belt. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm even kind of afraid to say this because they have told told the fans what to do with themselves. But, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to say it, but I, 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 I you know, I mean, like four pay per views. You know, it's been SummerSlam, Night of Champions, Battleground, and now this, and it's like, you know, Daniel Bryan's been getting screwed over every time, and it's just like, you know. If they keep going with this too long, and Triple H keeps saying, you know, hell, hey, you're a B plus guy, you're not a star, you're not the Rock, you're not Brock Lesnar, this and that, blah blah blah, and I'm doing cut, like a god awful promo he cut at the end of last week's Raw, uh, you know, it's like if, if if they just keep ingraining it into the fans' heads, it's like they've done with I don't know how many others, you know, it's like, hey fans, this guy doesn't matter. It's like, okay, uh, why the hell should we get behind him if you're telling us he doesn't mean anything? So it's like, if they do put the belt on him, I hope that they, they I hope that the the air hasn't been let out really balloon by the time they put put the belt on him, you know. I mean I hope this this thing with him against the authority, which is one of the stupidest names I've ever heard, 
uh, I really, you know, I was like, I, I hope this thing doesn't go all the way to WrestleMania where it's like, oh, yeah, everybody in the company's got to uh, turn on Daniel Bryan to, keep, you know, so you don't get fired or whatever. I mean, it's, 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 you know, I, mean, I, I don't know. You know well, think, think, think about it for a minute, Tony. Let me interject here. Just let me, let's I was think about this. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, don't worry. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna blast you. Okay, but just from from as a as a fan of Daniel Bryan, because it's you know you're a fan. I like him too, but you know I knew you're a big fan of him. You know from his past with Ring of Honor and all those other stuff. Let's say he's taken out of the title picture going forward for the next few months. And let's just say, let's just say Hunter just throws like obstacles at him, kind of like what Punk's been getting from Heyman. You know, let's say they, you know, he's got to go through, you know, different guys of the Shield each month or whatever. Maybe even a new guy. Maybe Hunter brings somebody in from NXT or whatever. So for a few months, he's got to go through these obstacles. He's been taken away from the title picture. You know. Wrestling fans will be distracted with the fact that Daniel Bryan is working with somebody else right now, but he's still got some involvement in the top spot, and he's still kind of in the crosshairs of Triple H. And then, come Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan wins the Rumble. And you know he's got that refocused goal of trying to be the WWE champion because he had been screwed on more than one occasion by the authority and by Triple H. How big would it be if a guy who is basically probably – for for all intents and purposes, one of the greatest wrestlers from the independents. He's an independent darling. Everybody in the independents have loved him. Goes into WrestleMania in the main event and wins the WWE Championship at the biggest WrestleMania currently, WrestleMania 30. How big would that be for his career? And how big would that be for, for Daniel Bryan fans, seeing how far he's come? As a kid who was a small guy in the independence, and people told him he wouldn't do anything. People told him he wouldn't even make it to the WWE, and look where he is now. He's a huge star. I mean, people thought when he, when he debuted on TV three years ago that he wasn't going to do much, that they were just going to say, okay, well, we'll use him, and he'll kind of be like a job guy. And look how far he's come. He went from being an NXT rookie to being to, to main eventing pay-per-views, and nobody thought he'd even make it to that company in the first place. Now imagine him main eventing WrestleMania and winning the title. How big of a deal would that be? I think at the end, as a fan of Daniel Bryan, it would make all this stuff worth it. I mean, if I have to go back here, I'll go back a little bit, but Austin... Austin lost the title in September of 98, was screwed by Vince. He went from October, November, December, January, February, all the way till he got to March to wrestle The Rock. But he wasn't in the title picture, but he was still getting screwed over by the corporation and the establishment itself, and he was still a, a hot item, a relevant name in the company, and he was out of the title picture, but it was a big deal when he beat The Rock for the belt. Granted, Austin and Daniel Bryan are two different entities, but... Daniel Bryan's a pretty hot talent right now amongst the audience. So, well, don't you think that it would be a big deal that he went at WrestleMania? Wouldn't it be worth it in the end after all that he's gone through that he finally wins it on the big show that nobody thought he would ever make it to in the first place? I mean, if, if this, like I say, if it does, if this all pays off with him winning the title at WrestleMania, yeah, that would be awesome. You know, as you know, if WrestleMania ends with, with him holding the belt and doing the yes. Uh, Champ with the fans, that would be a great, you know that that would be a great ending to to WrestleMania 30. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I, I know what you're saying, you know, and, and even even though it's like this, whatever you know, it's like Daniel Bryan, he's 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 definitely got that. Um, he has this certain not to steal Bobby Roode's phrase, but the, that it factor that the fans, you know, are going to cheer him no matter. You know, it's like you know the, the, the fans are real, you know, 
they really, you know, like they really, they really enjoy watching them, and you know, it's, I mean, you know, I, I can see why. You know, I mean, the guy, the guy is really good. You know, I mean, and aside from being, you know, great in the ring, he's, he, yeah, his promos have been, his, his promos are actually really, really entertaining to hear. And then, um, you know, like I say, he, he's, you know, the fans just love him. You know, and it's like I say, you know, I don't know, it's, you know, it's like, I just hope that the deals like the, that the Vincent company realize uh, that, you know, it's like, hey, this is a, you know, this. This is somebody else. Like we should put the belt. They should put the belt on this guy eventually, and you know, let the uh, do anything, do anything, screw you know, screwy with it. But uh, if it was Daniel Bryan and CM Punk at WrestleMania, that'd be that 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 would be awesome. But uh, you know, I, mean, I don't know what they're gonna do if it's gonna be if they're gonna have your belt from now till then, or what are they gonna do? Well, here's the oh, other thing too. What if Daniel Bryan wrestled Triple H at WrestleMania? What? What if Daniel Bryan wrestled Triple H at WrestleMania? Because I mean, it, it kind of the the, the, the seeds were kind of planted last week when Hunter said, you know, I don't, I only wrestle stars. Well, you know, how big of a deal would it be if Bryan wasn't necessarily wasn't in the title match, but he got one over on Triple H and Triple H wrestled the guy who he considered wasn't a star at WrestleMania? How big of a you know how big of a deal would that be too that he's on the grand stage with a name like Triple H and he beats him? If he if he goes over clean on Triple H at WrestleMania, that would that would be that would be great too. I I, I gotta say, you know, if you know, if, if you know, like I say, if Hunter if uh, Triple H if if he you know, if he actually does what's best and uh, you know actually sells for him and lets Daniel and Brian get his heat back. I mean, granted he he did take a running knee from him last night, which I gotta admit I did pop for that a little bit. I was like, oh, he finally got one. Um, but uh, you know, uh, him winning the you know, like either you know, like that him be. Uh, going over clean on Triple H would be would be good too. Even if you know, it's like if they take him out, if they yank him out of the title picture or whatever. But you know, like I said, I'm still up to see the WrestleMania 30 end with him as you know him holding the belt. You know, and then the show goes, you know, like this WrestleMania ends and it's like you know with him holding the belt, doing the yes chant in the in the in the, in the ring. I, I, I just keep up here. Really. That's that's really where we should take the pulse. I, I think that you know Daniel Bryan. And who knows? I mean, behind the scenes, you know, maybe even the WWE was not ready for how popular this guy would be. I, I think really, like, you know, like, day after WrestleMania is when we decide, you know, whether they did right or not. Because I, I think this is all, personally, I think this is all leading to something very good for Daniel Bryan at, at the biggest WrestleMania today, WrestleMania 30. So, you know, hopefully that day after we'll be sitting there saying, you know what, the, the screwy finishes, the authority, Triple H screwing him. That day after WrestleMania, we'll be sitting there going, you know what, it, it was all worth it. But that remains to be seen. Tony, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, Tony is the best blogger in the business. Check out thekenreedyshow.com for his blogs on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. Talk to you next week, Tony. Yep. All right, take it easy, man. Thanks for the call. Let's stick with the calls. I think we got Dank on the line, who is actually out at Monday Night Raw right now. So let's get him on. Dank, Dank, are you there? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing all right. How are you? Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're at Monday. Uh, I am at Monday Night Raw tonight. Yes, we've already heard the Yes chants. We've heard the CM Punk chants, and the guy next to me tried to do a We the People chant, which kind of died real quick. <laughs> he was like the only guy that tried to do it that told him to shut up and sit down um, right now the pre-show just started and it's one of the Funkadactyls versus Oksana and it's bad when this match lasts longer than the Divas match that gets televised 
but I guess that's why it's on the pre-show. But I just wanted to... Huh? Go ahead, go ahead. Finish your say. Oh, no, I was going to say, I just wanted to uh, show my dedication and call in, even though I'm here and uh, people are chanting all around me, and the guy next to me is looking at me weird because I'm on the phone. <laughs> but it's all good. It's well, whatever. Give us some updates as far as uh, what the crowd is like on the Facebook thread. Um, it's actually like the side that gets televised looks like it's sold out, but on the side where the cameras are on, it's actually kind of empty. Really? So, uh, you, you guys are going to be seeing like a full crowd, but it's very lively. It's very into it. Uh, I mean, we don't get WWE in, in Orlando very often, so it looks like the people that are really wanting to be here are here. So hopefully it's going to be a good show. Very cool, Dank. Will you go back, enjoy the, the Divas pre-show match, and uh, the Pyrotechs will be starting shortly, and thanks a lot for giving us a call. All righty. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks, Dank from Florida. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to address here, I'm curious your thoughts, Dave, um, and, and Tony kind of hit on it, and it, it's been interesting because, again, like, you know, the Internet blew up, and, um, you know, Tony had issue with it. Um I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's wrestling, and I could be wrong. There's a lot of people, you know, are out there saying that, you know, Triple H's promo last week, uh, you know, they didn't like it. it. It wasn't, it was, you know, it wasn't a, a heel, typical heel wrestler promo. It was, uh, you know, really, you know, berating him. And, and I don't know, like, I kind of like the fact that it wasn't a typical uh wrestling heel promo um i i don't think that you know i i hear what tony's saying but i don't think that there are people who are daniel bryan fans who listen to triple h and are thinking yeah you know i'm not anymore because triple h is right he's not that good um you know i i enjoyed the promo i thought it it, it garnered some good heat the uh it blurred the lines a bit a little bit of realism uh referencing some guys from the past that perhaps weren't the number one guy um, I enjoyed it, but I'm curious your your thoughts on his promo. You know what? I didn't really read into it until, like, after the fact. I, after he said it, I thought to myself, oh, great, this is going to blow up. Everyone's going to talk about it on the Internet. And there were even stories that, that some of the tweets that Jericho put out referencing it that, you know, he wasn't happy with. Um, Edge put out a tweet saying, you know, it's just a TV show. It wasn't a big deal to him. RVD apparently didn't watch it and hear about it until afterwards. And then when he did, he didn't really care. Um, I mean, it, a lot of people just take something and they try to turn it into something bigger to, to, to make a story and get people to talk about it. Um, I mean, as a, as, I mean, yeah, he berated him. It's it's common knowledge that on TV, he does not like Daniel Bryan. He doesn't want Daniel Bryan to be the champion. What would he do, you know, in that situation? Of course, he would berate him. You know, all those things that he said about him, it, that, that's it makes him look like an excuse my language, but it makes him look like an asshole, and. It, it, it makes people want to see Daniel Bryan punch his lights out or eventually get that match. Like I said to you in the promo that, that he cut earlier, or I was talking about earlier, that he doesn't wrestle B-plus guys. He wrestles stars. And I think maybe they might get to that point where they might do a Daniel Bryan-Triple H match. But he put him down saying he wasn't a star. I, don't, I, I couldn't really tell if there was a difference in how he said things, but a lot of people are saying that he – 
they understood what he was trying to do, but the execution wasn't there. That he, that it was almost like there was some truth to what he was saying, but he tried to turn it into a wrestling promo. But he really meant what he said. Like people are just kind of taking things, you know, and and, and like I said, trying to turn them into something that it's not. It, it wasn't a big deal to me. I th- I thought great. Triple H, he's the boss. He's been trying to screw Daniel Bryan. It's an asshole move for him to say something like that to Daniel Bryan. So I didn't really think much of it. In fact, it made, it, 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 when he when he said that to Daniel Bryan, it made me think to myself, okay, if they don't do Bryan and Punk for the title at WrestleMania, I would love to see Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania with Michaels as the referee. Michaels is in the middle between his best friend and the kid that he trained to become a, a huge star. I think it would make for a great story. And I think that that, that possibility is on the table after the promo he cut last Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I found it weird, you know, that, that there was such controversy. I mean, I, I enjoyed the promo. I mean, it was interestingly enough, you know, after the promo, you know, the next day uh, they tried to reach uh, Jericho for comment about, you know, not being a number one guy. And, and here's his response. It's okay, Jericho. It's okay. You were still good. Uh, the ironic, I just found no, it you know what the ironic thing is that he made, he made mention of these three guys, okay, RVD, Edge, and Chris Jericho, and they all had good runs as champion and, you know, in top spots, but Triple H wasn't exactly the guy either. If you if you if you really look back on it, Triple H is more or less a placeholder. You know, he had his run as when he first started the McMahon Helmsley thing when he was first on TV with Stephanie. But he was just a placeholder until Austin came back. You know, if you if, if you really think about it, he was just a placeholder until they just you know back in you know late 2002 2003 until they decided they that they found the guy in John Cena. Uh, you know, to, to and Batista, those names to be a big deal in the WWE. So if you think about it, he, Triple H wasn't the guy either. I totally agree with you. I mean, it's just a, a I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a, a, a different tact. Um, I mean, the funny thing is, you want to debate like maybe Edge was was the closest of the group to being the number one guy. Um, it wasn't like RVD never even sniffed being the number one guy. Um, you know, but I just, I, I just found it like he was just a dick and I kind of liked it. I was like, you know, it's, I, I mean, I, I don't know sometimes when people are critical, like what exactly they're, they're looking for, because to me, if there seems to be a little bit of truth in a promo, like that's entertaining. Uh, it's not a typical wrestling promo. He's, he's really into the character and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it, I honestly think, I mean, just by the uproar of people, it, it increases Daniel Bryan's popularity. I don't think it's a, it's a detriment to Daniel Bryan. Now, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I agree with you. I think this kind of set up, like, whether it's a, a title match or, you know, do we have a match at WrestleMania that becomes kind of a passing of the torch match uh, where Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, goes over clean on Triple H. You know, is that something we can see? I mean, that's something, you know, I'm not going to say that's really um, my number one choice as far as what uh, I'd like to see at WrestleMania. I mean, personally, I would like to see. What? 
it's a good alternate plan if if they if they decided to go with Punk and Bryan. I mean, to me right now, a uh, couple matches main event wise, I'd like to see it at WrestleMania. I mean, that's a great idea for a match. Uh, we talked about unifying the titles. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Cena versus Orton for unification, but you know what? If somehow with all the permutations that they're able to finagle, um, you know, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to have the world title and the WWE title, and they go into WrestleMania to unify the titles, I mean, that would be phenomenal. Um, you know, I do think that when you look at a Daniel Bryan, you're looking at someone that is headed for a, a huge um, payday, and I don't mean money, I just mean putting the character over a huge payday uh, coming out of WrestleMania 30, and I, I believe this is all going to wind up being worth it, and it's very difficult, and look, we do it here, um, I get it, you know, we run a, a weekly talk show talking wrestling, and, and it's it's tough sometimes because you got to kind of take a, a pulse uh, in the moment, but at the same time, you, you, you have to pull yourself out and think, all right, well, where is this story going to go? Um, and I think that everyone who, who loves Daniel Bryan, and we're fans here too, I, I think you you got to weather this storm, see what happens, hang out. There's going to be times you're going to be disappointed. Deal with it. And you know what? The day after WrestleMania 30, if, if at that point you really don't like the position that Daniel Bryan is in, then by all means, go back to SummerSlam and say, like, the last few months were a crock of shit. And excuse my French, but I, I think at that point, that's the time that you can go back and look at everything and say, you know what, it wasn't worth it. But if, if Daniel Bryan, if WrestleMania ends with Daniel Bryan holding up the WWE title and all of New Orleans uh, carrying out the yes chant, all this stuff was worth it. And so it's just, it's one of those things that you just, in the moment, and, you know, wrestling is on each and every week, and, it, and it's it, there's ebb and flows, and, and some things are good, some things are bad, and I think you just got to kind of wait to that moment to see uh, what the, the payoff uh, is for Daniel Bryan. But I'm, I'm kind of expecting big things. But, uh, you know, more, off, more than that, you know, short-term expectations. We do have a Monday Night Raw tonight. Um, a lot of... Storylines up in the air right now. Um, you know, a lot of expectations going into Monday Night Raw. What are your thoughts going into Raw tonight, Dave? Um, I, I mean, I, I expect that there's going to be some um, explanation from Shawn Michaels regarding why he did what he did to Daniel Bryan. I think there's more to it than you know just him kicking him. Um, it's, I don't think it's as simple as, as some may seem. Um, he, he had put out some tweets on Twitter, kind of. Firing back at the fans, where he never he normally really doesn't you know stay in his wrestling character. He's just kind of himself on Twitter, but he kind of fired back at the audience a little bit because apparently some of these fans still think it's real. Um, so they, they 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 were you know giving him the you suck Shawn Michaels and you know my it, it, that was terrible what you did sort of thing and so he kind of fired back at him a little bit and said something about you've been uh, um, um, oh, I forget what he said. Basically, saying encouraging my behavior for 25 plus years or my hijinks or something like that. But so I, I think we're going to see something from Shawn Michaels tonight. Um, here's here's an interesting thing that's kind of it's got me most interested about Raw. You know, everybody's favorite wrestler, John Cena. Yes, I know, I, I said it, John Cena. 
He's, you know, he won the world title last night beating Del Rio. And John Cena went on Twitter this morning and said that he promised the fans, he promised the WWE Universe that he was going to bring prestige back to the World Heavyweight Championship. And we've been talking, you know, in the past, you know, last week and tonight about possible title unifications. I think that there's a, po- there's a strong possibility we could see that. We could see the early stages of Cena having a run with the title, the World Heavyweight Championship, and eventually leading to a title unification with the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 30. Um, but here's another thing, too, that kind of that kind of got me um, interested more about tonight's Raw, is that last night, you know, I mentioned in the, in the news report, Curtis Axel was taken off the pre-show um, due to an injury. And he was scheduled to wrestle Big E Langston. And at the last minute, WWE.com um, put out that Sandow, Damien Sandow, was going to wrestle Kofi Kingston. We haven't seen Sandow in a few weeks on TV. I don't know why, but he hasn't been on as much. And he talked about how he was going to, you know, he was teasing that he might cash in the money in the bank. And then during the world title match, they showed him backstage watching. And they were teasing that he might cash in again. I think there's a strong possibility between now and Survivor Series, which is November 24th, and it's in Boston, the hometown of John Cena, there's a possibility we might see Damian Sandow cashing that money in the bank on John Cena, become the World Heavyweight Champion, and then Cena goes into the next pay-per-view with a title shot against the champion, Damian Sandow, in his hometown. And it, and it gets that hometown boy coming after the title kind of thing, that kind of vibe going into the pay-per-view. I wouldn't be surprised if that main event's the pay-per-view. And, of course, you can't forget about Del Rio because he's got a, a clause in his contract, you know, stating that he gets a rematch. So you might have to factor in when's Del Rio going to get the rematch. Is it going to be at Survivor Series? Or could we wait till Survivor Series? Because Survivor Series has always been known for being – you know, the month of the pay-per-view where somebody gets screwed over, where Sandow maybe cashes in on John Cena in his hometown at Survivor Series. And we see Damian Sandow leave Survivor Series as the World Heavyweight Champion. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in where the, all those factors play in and how it's going to start tonight on Raw. And from what I read, John Cena is going to open up Monday Night Raw tonight. So we're definitely going to see... You know, something addressed about last night's match and the future of, of the World Heavyweight Championship going forward. And it's interesting, you know, as we talk about all these stuff and all these things going on and all the uh, storylines up in the air, you know, one thing we haven't hit on, and I, you know, apologies, but I forgot, you know, last night, one of the big things to happen at the pay per view, the return of Kane. And, you know, and where, where is Kane's allegiance right now? I mean, he comes down. Uh, um, you know, he's beaten on uh, Luke Harper and uh, uh, brain fart. Luke Harper, what's the other Rowan. guy? Eric, oh, Eric Rowan or Rowan or uh, Harper and Rowan. And, uh, you know, so it's, he comes down to save the day and uh, much, much to my enjoyment, uh, gets into the ring and proceeds to uh, choke slam Miz. So, uh, you know, where exactly is uh, Kane going? Where Where is his character going? Is he in some way, shape, or form allied uh, with the Wyatts? Are we just going to have a loose cannon Kane where we don't know who the hell he's going to go after at any given time? But, uh, you know, the big red machine is back, and, uh, you know, I'm curious where exactly they're going to go with his character, Dave. Yeah, you know, that was one thing I forgot about, too. I was uh, that, To me, like, 
the beginning of the pay-per-view, you know, like we talked about, the tag title match set the tone last night for, for what we, we expected to be a really good in-ring pay-per-view and, you know, solid with the storylines and some good development. And then, you know, Miz came out, and I'm not the biggest Miz fan. It's, it's obvious you're not, but that's been, you know, publicized numerous times on the show. But he came out, and I remember – Sitting in Hooters, and the people were, you know, chant, the people in their chant, we want Kane, and it was just ironic. Like nobody in the audience in Miami was saying that, but the people in, in the Hooters where I was, they were chanting it too. And um, he comes out, and I thought it was a pleasant surprise. I was like, okay, wow, like we had a great tag title match, we got a return from Kane. Like it seems like it's a big deal tonight, and I thought it was pretty cool. I would like to see kind of Kane. I would like to see. I mean, we talked about it before. We'd like to see him kind of be involved with the Wyatt somehow freshen up his character a little bit but at the same time um i mean it's i mean it's they always have something interesting for kane to do i mean he's done a lot he's done a lot of stuff over the years in the wwe so uh, i'm sure that um he's going to have some involvement with the wyatts for uh for quite a while but i think he's going to be i think we've seen the comedy kane with his run with daniel bryan and he, you know, took some time off after his run with the Wyatt. I think we're going to see like loose cannon, crazy kind of Kane um, going forward. But that that should be interesting to see how that gets addressed tonight too, as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many things like up in the air now, and I, I you know, I, I I love what the Wyatts have brought to the table. I, I mean, you know, it's funny because they do get uh they do get some cheers, um, but they are a eerie, creepy kind of. Um, characters. You know, the one thing I will say though, like, can, can JBL stop giggling and saying this is going to be good when the satanic cult that lived in the swamps is coming down to the ring? Like, you know, you're trying to sell this eerie kind of vibe, and you know, you have the commentator kind of laughing and saying, "Oh, <laughs> it's going to be good." It just it just doesn't work. Um, and that's that's actually getting a bit tiresome for me. The, the giggling, uh, you know, it's 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 enough. I get it. It's supposed to be a family friendly show, and you're you're down there commentating, just trying to show everyone you're having such a great time. But uh, giggling gets to be a, a bit excessive. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot of stuff going on tonight on Monday Night Raw. Uh, interesting. If Cena's uh, starting off the show. Uh, Stephanie McMahon is is uh, tweeted that there will be a Randy Orton. Uh, celebration as we continue to banty about this idea and the possibility of there being a unification. You know, when does this uh, championship celebration begin, and and what does John Cena have to say to to start the show? Uh, lots lots of interesting stuff. You know, to me, Dave. You know, as much as I would love to see a main event with with Punk and and Daniel Bryan, and it would definitely signify a definite change in business. Looking all the way to WrestleMania 30. Um, but two guys that really, to me, symbolize and are, are the, the faces of the last decade or so of WWE, it's Randy Orton and John Cena. And right now, those two guys are holding the two biggest belts in the company. Um, should be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, I, whether it's at WrestleMania or even beforehand, uh, to unify the belt with those two guys, I'm not necessarily opposed to those two guys going at it with those two championships. No, I'm not. But I think with the way business has been lately, I think it would make much more sense um, if they had, you know, somebody like a Punk or a Brian involved in that unification match. But 
Ordnance seems, yeah, definitely a part of that class that has, uh, you know, that, that was down in Ohio Valley Wrestling, the former developmental territory of the WWE, um, where, the, the, you know, virtually 10 years ago, they, they, were, they were a part of the early stages of the brand extension, the brand split. And um, it was along with guys like Brock Lesnar and Batista, and granted Brock Lesnar's a part-time guy, and Batista has left the WWE. Um, for a few years now, but Orton and Cena have been, you know, the main players. If you really want to go into <laughs> go into how big a main players they were, you can go back and look at all the pay-per-views that have been main evented. And if Orton didn't main event one, Cena certainly did. So up until I would say, if I could, up up until I would say um, CM Punk main event in the 2011 TLC pay-per-view against Miz and Del Rio in a TLC match. That was the first pay-per-view in God knows how long that neither a Randy Orton or a John Cena main evented. So they've been a steady part of WWE for quite a while. Um, difference is I think Orton's got a lot more left in the tank as far as um, longevity goes because he hasn't had quite the run like Cena has. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, and we've said it before, it looks like Cena may be, you know, on his way getting phased out. So, I mean, you know, who knows uh, what direction they're going to go in with, with John Cena or the two of these. But I am looking forward to uh, Monday Night Raw tonight, where exactly all these storylines are going. You know, we're, we're talking um, John Cena, world champion. We're talking Randy Orton, the WWE champion. You know, those are the two big focal points. Is there any other, like, secondary storylines that you're really looking forward uh, to see the progression on tonight's Raw, Dave? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, overall, I'm looking forward to the entire show. I would probably I'd probably have to say um, the tag title situation. Um, I, I think they're going to go in a direct. It looks like they're going in the direction of the Usos now being the primary focus on going after the belts with Cody and Goldust. So I'm, I'm looking to see where they turn, how that turns out. You know, as I'm like, you know, I'm doing the show and I'm on Twitter and I'm, I'm you know, checking stuff out and everything. And this is like a, a couple days ago, but I don't know if it's, if it's really breaking news anymore. But this is weird. Seamus shaved his beard. Yeah, I saw that. He looks like he looks like a kid. He really does. He, he looks like a kind of a, a muscle-bound Ralph Mouth. <laughs> well, you know, he and Mark Henry shaved his head. Did you notice that? I saw that too. Lots of shaving going on with WWE, and we closed Mark, that. Henry looks like Rick Ross situation. So. Great show tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, remember, next week we'll be back again at 6.30, giving you the Raw pregame. And next Tuesday at 10.30, we'll be giving you our pop culture, our new show, trying out new things, new things on the horizon for uh, for us. So get ready. Go get it. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next week for Dave. I'm Ken Reedy. Have a great night. Take care, everybody.